keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast. I am your COVID-positive host of Wrestle Roasts, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse. I think that's going to how I'm going to um, start every new year, get COVID. I got it at the beginning of 2022. Now I'm getting it in the beginning of 2023. Um, but because everything kind of got screwed up schedule-wise, uh, Robert will be joining us. So will Kevin Kellum and... Nick Hausman um, to talk Royal Rumble, uh, but we're kind of flip flopping stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna start out with Dynamite or Dud. Uh, before I get to Dynamite or Dud, how are you doing, Scott? Oh, I'm good, man. I I enjoyed wrestling this week, or the what wrestling I watched. Yeah, I don't you even know, when I didn't enjoy it. It was like the best kind of wrestling I like to not enjoy, you know. And so it was a blast. I had a blast. Watching wrestling and that doing comedy and stuff. Brought to you by Mountain Dew yeah. Pitch Black. <laughs> Did you see they want to do like a cinnamon toast crunch match or something at Mania? What? Yeah, it's uh it's gotta be the new day, right? That's gotta be new day, right? I guess. Oh Jesus Christ. All right. Well let's let's just let's just knock these before we get to dynamite or dud. Let's just knock these out of the uh just knock some show business. Uh, so next week, February 10th, we're going to be roasting the Hart Foundation. February 17th, we're off. February 27th, Ahmed Johnson. This weekend, this Monday, you should get uh, some sort of review of Power Slap next, uh, for our Patreon. Then the next week's Patreon, No Way Out 2001. February 20th, the roast of Mickey Rourke. Robert's doing Raw. I'm doing, I didn't do SmackDown last week. I think I did Raw last week. I'm going to be doing uh, SmackDown this week. So if um, it may be an abbreviated for you because I, obviously I, sound like and feel like shit but let's get but to hey what else is new <laughs> hey, no. hey. But first off cinnamon toast crunch match where the where was i'm, I'm googling this look right. i could be half wrong but it maybe it's a it's a snap crackle pop match maybe oh no, i mean this is the yeah this is this is fucking this is it it's so, real right yeah it's in uh already in in case seats it's in yeah and yeah and it's not just gossip it's it's uh someone in wwe it's like it's part of the promotion like they're talking about how much they're bragging about how much like nick khan might have said it because they're this is the, but this is the obvious about like this is the opposite of like like oh hot news leaked you know? oh i know it's it's corny and then we go okay well i guess we're doing it but yeah they're gonna connect cinnamon toast crunch with a match and whoever said the quote did say it will be somehow like the match will involve uh what they're promoting they're making like 17 million dollars off of promotions i think the after uh, uh the uh the interviews after the you know media scrum or whatever is going to be sponsored by snickers or some shit so it's Dude, like they're... you know like this is what every wrestling company dies for man like do you remember when remember aew they had that cracker barrel match when they first started 
Like they just love people. Just they just love wrestling. Is just like, like anyone who wants to talk about like oh wrestling, it's you know there's high highbrow wrestling and lowbrow wrestling. The minute any the minute Hot Pockets offers you five million dollars, it's in your oh yeah yeah you're burning your back on a uh, on a doughy shell <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's uh, there's just no way and this I'm you know what fine fuck it. Fine. Two nights. If this was one night at WrestleMania, I'd be like, what the fuck? But two nights. Uh, I, I guarantee you, if there's a cinnamon toast crunch match, if they just call it that, I will look forward to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Who, uh, who's involved, maybe? Otis? I mean, it's got to be. If you're doing a cinnamon toast crunch match, it's got to be New Day and Otis, right? It's got to be Alpha Academy versus New Day, right? Yeah, I guess so, right? That's those guys' rewards from like putting on clinics for on Raw every night for the past three years. It's like the past three years, both the end of Vince and the beginning of Hunter. It's just like, all right, just put Chad Gable in a 20 minute match. It's fine. Robert's here with us. Hey, hey. Hey, we're 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 going through dynamite first. Um, since you've got the notes, why don't you tell us what happened in that first hour? Uh a whole lot of nothing. Wow. No, I'm joking. What a this is this is what I want to say. And you this sound is a little con- bit far away. Are you I'm, I, I'm on you know what I'm on I'm on my headset. Let me uh let me try to switch over. Uh I feel like I'm dealing with your fucking snowball mic bullshit. Give me one moment here. Yeah, that's my problem. I didn't even try today because I knew we were gonna be I'm on Bluetooth headphones. Somehow these are not good enough for your sensitive fucking ears. Give me a second. Well, it's just a different I mean, do you, it sounds different, right, Scott? Yeah, it's a different sound. Yeah, it's yeah, like a, yeah. you know, it's a different Hold vibe. On. You sound like Hold a different on. band. That's all. You're produced yeah, you by a different. Terrible. You know. Yes, this is this is the Sammy Hagar version of uh, me on this. Hold on one second. I'm logging into the computer, trying to be a, a fucking good co-host here, multitasking. Thank you. Give me a minute. Relax. How excited are you about the cinnamon toast crunch match at WrestleMania, Robert? Uh, I can't wait till they start sponsoring the lawsuits. <laughs> i mean what is it what do you, do you like do you it could be kind of funny if you just like they took them out of a big bag like uh like thumbtacks all right dan you got to let me into the other room now all right you're in you sound fine now no right? i've, I've me, yeah, all right let me try that okay i'm sending you in are you here all right robert you here He's here. He's coming. There I am. I'm here. I'm here. There I am. I mean, this is compelling fucking audio. So thank you all. Uh, All right. Let me get my notes up here. I should sound back to normal. I'm on the proper headset. Uh, All right. So we're talking dynamite or dub. What I was going to say is I'm peeling back the curtain for a moment here because every week I don't watch dynamite live. I usually watch it the next morning and I wake up to like, 200 text messages about the show from the group there was not a single message about dynamite i was fucking passed out from covid to be fair but and i'm usually the only one who texts anymore so I, I yeah i was, clarify, do, I was doing said, shows so. but like and i'm just you guys like other people I, I i know that watch dynamite like this was like tumbleweeds it was really strange uh it wasn't a bad show but it was just kind of a just sort of their show at a point in time when 
there's all this momentum going into WrestleMania and coming off Rumble. I thought Tony would have tried to pull out the stops a little more than he did, but regardless, I'll get to it. Hour one in beautiful Dayton, Ohio. Uh, John Moxley comes out with his dad and his son, Wheeler Yuta, to take on <laughs> Hangman Adam Page. Uh, after the match, they, they continue to brawl. The Blackpool Combat Club separate them, and Page wanders off. There's a Samoa Joe Darby Allen video package. Uh, we get a, this really happened, Dan. This was not a COVID fantasy. Jamie Hayter, the bunny, the butcher, and the blade in a backstage promo. Then this leads them looking on the TV to go see that Britt Baker is getting beat up by Tony Storm and Soraya. Uh, the acclaimed beat two jobbers that they referred to as not the Beverly Brothers. Then this leads to a Gun Club Billy Gunn segment where they call out their dad for taking pills. Uh, Jungle Boy says uh, he's done being in a tag team and he's now just going to be Jungle Boy again. Uh, Takeshka took on Brian Cage and the Jericho Appreciation Society announced a fucking gauntlet because Tony Khan is trying to kill us. Oh my God, that was insane. So I I don't know who you want to tackle this one first. Scott, you're on the show, buddy. All right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll jump into it first. Fine. Hour one. Uh, Page and Moxley was a was a fine match. I thought it was, it was good. It was weird that they started with this really intense brawl and then they just kind of had a wrestling match. It's also weird that they're using hangman this way where you're trying to make this dude basically your top baby face, but you put him in a situation in Dayton, which is Moxley's basically hometown where they're not going to cheer him. And I'd rather see hangman in a position where he's going to get cheered more uh, it was it was an intense match. It was good. Moxley winning with a fluke uh, roll up means like I guess we have to have another one, or we're setting it up that Hangman's gonna need to bring some friends in. Uh, the the acclaim stuff with the not Beverly Brothers was kind of funny. It kind of feels like we're setting up a, a double turn here where Billy Gunn is gonna wind up turning on the acclaim next week. But I I liked the intensity for a moment of like the kids bringing up. Uh, like an after school special like well dad you don't love us as much as you love your pills uh jungle boy leaving hook was the right decision because it made no sense but it does kind of feel like i guess being in a tag team is now lesser than being a single star which is always a a, a challenge uh i liked uh the Takeshka brian cage match i think i liked it more than i liked brian cage and danielson the week before it was a physical match. It was a good spotlight for uh, for Takeshita, uh, and uh, it was a good win. And if Cage is leaving, get the most out of him before he's gone. And then the Jericho Appreciation Society gauntlet. It's like playing a really shitty like PS2 version of a wrestling game where the storyline mode just keeps doing the same story over and over. They just keep replacing the people. <sighs> No one wants to see a gauntlet match. No one wants to see these individual matches with Ricky Starks. It's a waste of the next like six weeks of TV time. It's lazy and terrible. And speaking of lazy and terrible, Scott, what'd you think of hour one of dynamite? I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this first hour because I thought the matches were fantastic. And I really loved the acclaims acclaimed segment. I thought Billy Gunn was a lot of fun. Now, um, and I thought his sons knocked it out of the park. Uh, I don't want him to turn on the acclaimed. I think that would suck. But at the same time, uh, he does need to make amends with his sons. So you go like, what do you do in the match? Uh, and I do not have the answer to that. But I would be bummed out to see Billy Gunn leave. I think you guys could agree. It's too soon to do that. 
Um, yeah, but Tony has two speeds. Either a feud lasts for nine months or it lasts for like four hours. Sure. I mean, look, the, the one thing I can say is we were kind of bummed when the four of them split up. When, you know, when they would call them the ass boys, those segments were so funny when they were together and we thought they split up too quickly. So if this somehow becomes, hey, let's all hug it out um, and they get on the same page, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I guess uh I guess so. Did you uh what did you think of the uh Hangman the... Moxley? I I love I love I, I love that match. Um the Takeshita Brian Cage match. I I I I absolutely loved. And then I did not like the Jericho Gauntlet thing. I assumed it was just one night. It was a gauntlet that lasted one night. It's gonna last weeks. It's gonna lead up to the pay per view, I guess. Oh, I assumed it was like, you know, like, you know, when you play a gauntlet match in a on in a video game, isn't it like a guy comes out every once in a while and you have to keep yeah. beating? It it could be, but then you're beating like four guys in one night, which sure, kind of sucks. I don't really, yeah. Like, I, I get you can beat, you know, Matt Menard and the other guy, um, but then you're going to have to beat Danny and Sammy to get to that finish. Yeah, which I mean... Probably should have happened already anyway, though. No. And and do we really care about seeing Jericho against Ricky Starks again? Like we well, already no, that's saw the, thing the match. Is we don't. We saw it, and that's like Jericho's thing is to you beat him first, and then it gets dragged through hell until you beat him again. Well, no, that would be to... putting him on rampage. Would be dragging him through hell. <laughs> Damn, which I like. I, I like the this. No, I think it was the first hour. Also, the backstage Omega thing with the Hardys. That no, was, that was the start of hour two. Oh, I thought that was cute. Um, yeah. Oh, like, Danielson Thatcher was first hour. Yeah, this first hour was Danielson Thatcher was hour two. I'm. I got the notes, dude. Oh, dang. Okay. I, okay. I, all right, I did the homework. Oh, damn. Well, I watched it, but oh, I got asked to take the notes. I took the notes. So, Dan, what'd you think of hour one? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the finish of uh, Page and and Moxley. I mean. You knew this was gonna. This wasn't gonna be the blow off if you had been paying attention to this, you know, because this. Although this is their third match, it's really their second match in the series because the first match was such a fluke. And I could see them wanting to keep this uh, going to the pay per view because then you have, you know, you have the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club if you want to do that. Um, you know, as far as everything else is concerned i mean i i don't really love brian cage in the ring um and i didn't i didn't really enjoy either match either one the ta, ta, takashita and whatever um yeah uh, but at fun. least it may it looked like takesha looked more physically like he belonged in this situation i, I think that no, was, that i mean takesha good. looks like a real wrestler i just don't you know the my, my thing with brian cage is like when i see him against like a big guy who's muscular um he just looks weird man because he doesn't he, look as intimidating you go oh the should be beating this monster right now but since the is actually a big dude he's just beating like a muscly short guy yeah he looked like like in a in a real fight like i i would have picked to 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 win sure know? i understand what you're saying love uh, I, I love the match though no i saw it I, yeah i just you know he just does too much for me but and I, I'm not one of these, you know, I, I love Vader in Japan. Like, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys who thinks that, like, only big guys should do certain things. But um, the uh, the Acclaim segment was fine. I mean, I would have waited for this storyline. I think you have to 
have Billy Gunn turn on him. And I would have waited, you know, like given the acclaim to another storyline until this, because you have plenty of tag teams. On Do your they? Roster. You have plenty. What? Yeah, but realistically, in terms of tag, like it's weird how they were flushed with tag teams. But like FTR are not on are not on TV anymore. They're they're sort of on a, a hiatus. Top flights feuding with the elite. Uh, who are the other? They, they split up Keith Lee and Strickland. Who are the other tag teams that are kind of around there that you can that plug are tag team? What? Yeah, like tag team. Like you can't put Penta and Phoenix in there because uh, then it's another babyface babyface thing. Like. Who's a heel tag team that exists that's not Jericho Appreciation Society that you could slide into this feud with the acclaimed right now? You could do like uh, Roosh and Creston Vance. There's things you could do. I'm not uh, saying. I mean, you could, but, you know. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying like either of these are a better option. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I felt like you still needed. They're still hot enough where you can have a team they just feed. You can feed a team to them right now. Well, um, they fed the Beverly Brothers to them. Also, I think Lee Moriarty and, and Big Bill would have been a fun, at least, you know, just because... Dan, Moriarty. Dan, the COVID's getting to your brain. Well, I mean, <laughs> I like Lee or Moriarty. I can't say much about Big Take Bill. Take the Pax Lovin or whatever. It's got to... Like, you're you're advocating for Morrissey matches. I'm uh, taking that. I, do, I, do, I definitely feel like my head is soupy right now, so... Well, let's, uh, let's push on then to hour two. The Elite play basketball. They challenge Top Flight and AR Fox. And then uh, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and one of the guys from Private Party, I want to say Isaiah, uh, are there to challenge them for a match on uh, Rampage. Brian Danielson took on Timothy Thatcher. During the match, MJF uh, tried to interfere, and Takeshita in a in a hoodie uh, came out to stop him. The two of them brawled into the back. Uh, Swerve did a uh, backstage uh, pre-tape challenging Brian Pillman Jr., uh, Roosh is in the locker room and Max in a different shirt than he was in three minutes prior <laughs> uh, in the fucking low spot of the week uh, offers Roosh money to take out Danielson. Jade Cargill took on Red Velvet in match of the century. Uh, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho kind of make up. Uh, and then Darby Allen basically has a death wish uh, against Samoa Joe and after the match, Wardlow returns. Dan, before your brain turns to mush, what'd you think hour two? Um, well, I always well, I mean, I love Timothy Thatcher. I I didn't love this match as much as I wanted to love it. Um, and I don't know the uh, you know, again, like all this is under the the grainy film of COVID, but you know, I, I do remember I was kind of hoping more of like a Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak type match, that there would be a little bit it would be a little more competitive. And I, I understand that Brian you know, Brian's very selfless and he knew he was going over. So he gave Thatcher everything. But like the reason that I like chain wrestling is because it is more even. There's nobody killing anybody. So when you have somebody dominating somebody in a chain wrestling match, it sometimes looks really boring. Um, but having said that, you know, I mean, you watch Timothy Thatcher, you know, this past week you watch, you know, we've seen so much wrestling this past week and there's there's really nobody like him out there. You know, so I, I don't understand why some company hasn't hasn't signed him yet. I know Noah's a company, but I mean, come on. Um, as far as the Joe Darby stuff, it just felt like like when I was done and I saw Wardlow come out, was I, I my my whole thought was like, so did this Darby and Joe thing ever need to really even happen? Like, if a 
Darby and Joe feud, you know, happens in the woods. Did it really happen like that? Where I was just kind of like, okay, no. So Joe's now got the title back on him. Um, he's the king of TV. You know. Yeah, they're back. I guess Wardlow got hurt, and yeah. they needed to stall. But it's like you don't stall by having the guy that sent Wardlow away lose to Darby. You just let him beat the shit out of people, and then Wardlow yeah. come back. You know, like. But I guess they figured – I don't disagree just because they basically did five weeks of, all right, let's just give Darby fun matches in the same way they've been doing that with Danielson with the gauntlet to some degree. And I love so, these matches. And I, and the, I mean, the matches that made were good. Was it was amazing. a good spotlight. It refreshed the TNT title. It made the title make a little bit more – have a little bit more prestige. And then the whole there will be no rematch for the loser kind of was like, all right, well, I guess I know where we're going with this here. Sorry, Dan. I'll let you keep going hour two. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, besides that, I mean, I mean, the Jade, you know, stuff was, 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 was bad. Um, you know, I, I like that they're, it, it seems like they're kind of doing this, you know, WWE invasion angle sort of thing with the women, like a muted version of that and whatever. It'll be interesting. I think that that's, uh, I think that that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, it, it felt like, you know, it just, it didn't feel, you know, like after watching the Rumble and hearing the results about Raw, you know, I mean, there's such there's such a directive in WWE now as far as let's get to WrestleMania, let's get these storylines going. And, and you know, just AEW just didn't feel like must-watch must TV. And sure, there was good wrestling on it, and there's some great wrestlers that work for that promotion. But it it didn't do enough. There wasn't, like, enough new angles that made me, like, super excited about the future of the company. Um, and I think that that's just like, um, you know, like I think the one benefit of the rumble, like, and I'm sure we all have different opinions on it, but the one benefit is unlike other years, you know, like how many times have we watched the rumble and the next day we've been like, ah, oh, fuck, this is the direction they're going. This is going to suck a year ago. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. A year ago. But this he, one had a hundred percent less Shane. Yeah, this but this one was like it was like whether or not you like the matches or not, you're like, oh well, this could turn out this way, this could turn out, oh, and it's interesting, and then this match could happen. And there's just a lot of excitement about the product. And I and I just want, you know, AEW to get back to that, you know, excitement level that it was, you know, at, at that all out in twenty twenty one, you know. Scott, why was hour two the dopest thing you ever saw? <laughs> no, I mean, hour two had some really amazing wrestling. Uh, I thought the main event was, you know, that's pay-per-view level shit. And that's stuff that you don't get even at pay-per-views, you know, for a lot of companies. Um, other than that, I mean, you guys are obviously right. They need storylines. They need not even like swerves or surprising things, but they just need stories. They need stories. They need stories. They need stories and they need shit that we can get behind because the matches are, dude, dude I was having so much fun uh, watching this show and I watched it late, late at night, but watching it on the television and not a second of the wrestling was bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. You know, there was the Cargill match, but you know, the first match, the second match, the, the third match, like the main event, like they were so damn good. They felt like pay-per-view matches. And I was like, oh shit, I'm hanging out watching a pay-per-view. Um, now, do any of these matches matter though? No. And that kind of stinks. So yeah, we do got a, we got a lot of super talented guys. And I think like, especially a guy like Darby, 
who is so amazing at, at telling these stories in the ring, we also know he could tell a great story outside of the ring. So let's just do that with him for a little while. Yeah, right, I think that, like we get nerd, we we get this idea of like oh stories, you know, it's like that's uh, that's you do really just want to tell stories. I think that people get like confused about that because then they they somehow they like loop that in with the Vince Russo. Well, stories mean swerves and shocking. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking compelling yeah. shit. You know, like stories. Like, like, look, I like what they're doing with Takeshita, and I don't even mind this story. They're Give going me one second, he's... guys. I'll be right with you. One uh, second. We're recording, Kevin. It's you got right. it. Yeah, on. yeah, you're good. Um, was, that was a swerve, by the way. We got someone <laughs> running in. Up, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> tease who those people are, Scott. We got to finish Dynamite. Yeah, well, for joining us, to, joining us to finish our tail end of the mm-hmm. Dynamite review, and also to to uh, to talk Royal Rumble. Uh, he's from Sports Kita. He's a buddy of mine. Uh, we were uh... at the. Uh, at the Flare Roast, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Kellum is here. Hey, Dan. How are you, bud? Doing, man. Uh, we're just finishing. We're kind of having a general state of AEW conversation right now. Um, we so, were just yeah, talking so... about how we think that they're that they desperately need more stories right now. They do. It, it's it's odd how how there's so many things they do that are like the same as WWE, but so much of their pacing in terms of television is, is the antithesis of WWE in terms of how they get out of things. So, so some things we've been conditioned to for decades with WWE, oh, big, big spot, go to break. You see that, but then it's like, Oh wait, what was the angle? Why does this person care about that person? Why do they have an issue? And you're constantly forgetting storylines there. I I, I, I talk yeah. to AEW fans where they're constantly, they watch week to week and they forget what's happening sometimes with it. And I don't, I don't feel you get that as much with WWE recently. Well, at least AEW leans on, we have wins and losses matter. We have, yeah. uh, even though their ranking system doesn't really matter anymore. And it's like, and just, no, it really, just like on, on our two, you know, it's like Brian Danielson took on Timothy Thatcher because it seems like a fun match on paper. And you kind of knew Danielson was going to win and it's all right, we're going to work on, we're going to tell the story if he's got a hurt shoulder and that counts as a story. Uh, and then Darby and Joe was, well, this would be a cool main event match to have. <laughs> and they're going to rip apart the ring and brawl over the building. But you saw that in hour one with uh, Moxley and uh, Paige, where they mm-hmm. brawled through the build. There's no communication within them. And and I bring this up every week. It is a scripted television program, and it's not scripted in silos. Everybody is part of the entire show, so they know what's going to happen. It's not a surprise. If you're opening the show with a brawl through the crowd, maybe don't close the show with a brawl through the crowd. Uh, and then... You know, I guess now we're going to go forward with Darby and Joe because that, I mean, sorry, Wardlow and Joe because that set the world on fire. Speaking of people who set the world on fire, we have another surprise guest here today. (laughs) There was a WWE pay-per-view this past week, which means the one, the only CM Punk's best friend, Nick Hausman, is joining us as well. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Hey, well, Nick, I didn't know you were going to be here, birthday boy. Didn't know that was going to yeah. happen. We were supposed to get drinks last night. Happy birthday. Dan, we don't have the rights to that song, Dan. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't have Mildred and Patty Hill money. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, but, but with the, the tail end on Dynamite, we are going to talk more importantly about, uh, you know, hey, we are on the road to wrestle. We are on the roads to WrestleMania right now. And uh, we're going to be recapping the Royal Rumble pay-per-view event. Kevin's going to be joining us, Nick, Scott, Dan, myself. Uh, Mike, 
I was potentially going to jump on. I'm sure he would like, yeah, it's whatever. That would have been his answer. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, since we do have uh, Nick Hausman here, who sort of now is part of WWE storyline continuity, thanks to Michael Cole, uh, Nick. AEW, you cause all kinds of chaos when you go to their their press events. You were a well-behaved man at the WWE event. I didn't see any news about you this week. How did it go? Yeah. It was low-key, man. It was low-key. <laughs> this one wasn't was... even – you weren't even like – I mean, sometimes like Nick will like it, it, at some point like it'll be not, not a leading question, but you can tell he's trying to get something from him. Yeah. This was like – this just fell in your lap. Like it, – it, Mm-hmm. Like you were shocked as the uh, well, I mean, like let's let's roll it back. That's my bad. But Nick, you were interviewing Seth Rollins, and what happened for people who have not seen the clip? So, uh, you know, I was interviewing Seth Rollins. I I only had about three minutes, and that was because I gave myself three minutes. The two K PR rep, this nice young woman, I don't know who she was. Mm-hmm. She said, "We're behind. You can get two questions with Seth." And I said, "I'm not going to do that. I'll take three minutes." And I just did my thing. And I feel bad. I was very, I was very assertive about that. But, um, you know, it worked out for the best for everybody. I think I got 2K23 more publicity this weekend than possibly anybody else. Um, it was uh, it was interesting because I didn't really fully know what to ask Seth about. Um, contrary to popular belief, I don't ask everybody about CM Punk. It's <laughs> not, like, my go-to question. Um I hadn't asked anybody about punk all weekend. And like I said, at the beginning of the question, I was like, you feel like the appropriate person to ask, you know, because you're both Midwest, you both have ring of honor ties. You've had some barn burners in WWE. How would you feel about CM Punk coming back to WWE? Now I had no idea what this guy was going to say. Right. Part of me kind of thought he might say something nice. Cause I've talked to people that said nice things about mm-hmm. with punk. But I didn't know. I had no idea. And uh, when Rollins come uh, came back and said that um, uh, he called him a cancer, he told him to stay away. Um, he said a lot of he said he said he didn't like Phil. You know, I uh, I, I was completely taken aback. I I didn't think it was a work just because of the way he was saying it. Because um, he had, if you listen to the full if you watch the full interview. Just before this, I asked him about FTR coming back to WWE. And he's like, yeah, good guys. Sure. Why not? And that was obviously a very genuine response he gave about FTR. I have no reason to believe this wasn't a genuine uh, response about Punk. And it just got a lot, a lot of attention. A lot of attention. Got passed around everywhere. Uh, as uh, it was uh, stated by Robert, it was uh, brought up by Michael Cole uh, during the Royal Rumble. Um it was just it was his own thing so i didn't i didn't expect it was coming and in the moment um i was just blown away and after the clip that there was the clip that went on socials but if you watch the full interview there's a bit where i like uh object work hand him a spindrift and a muffin yes and um never say object work again but yes i remember that <laughs> yeah don't you don't you go bring in that improv shit because yeah. uh, <laughs> i i had i had the wherewithal to realize that i could work some improv stuff in there and it would it would be funny <laughs> and, brian caged him you got your shit in dude <laughs> that's me the machine and tony khan tony khan can't wait to end my contract um <laughs> 
that was it. That's what happened. It was wild, man. I had no idea. And then I could have stuck around and got more interviews with like the New Day or whatever. But I grabbed our videographer, Michael, and I said, we got to get out of here. We got the biggest story in wrestling. We got to go back and get, get this thing out there. That's what we you did. You turned down other interviews to get out of there and to get that out. I didn't know there were more interviews. I knew that there was more time left at the 2K23 mm-hmm. event. And I just said, we got to go. It's not going to get bigger than this. We have to go get this out. <laughs> nope, we have to was, leave. It was we great. Right now. You had Seth Rollins dressed like Madonna from the music album cover, uh, giving you that uh, moment. And uh, speaking of fashionistas, we are now joined by our sixth person on this show. It's like the Brady Bunch on our Zoom screen. Mike Lawrence is here, everybody. Mike, how are you? Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, Seth Rollins looked like child of divorce rock. (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it's funny he can't not sound like he's complaining about someone because his voice is can i speak to the manager please oh yeah he has the most (laughs) male karen voice i've ever heard he's a cancer (laughs) i didn't realize they hated each other i thought those guys liked each other well the the wild yeah the wild thing is like nick a couple years ago i do the interview with him before uh survivor series and i remember you and i texting about it right right after I go into it and he's doing the media circuit and they're filming a documentary on him. And I asked him like, Hey, can we do some business in this before we started? Cause that was my polite way of saying, can I bring up punk? And he, they were going back and forth to each other on Twitter. And in the interview, he's like, I want to match with him at WrestleMania. And he just like gives you the, like as an, someone interviewing, you know, this thing, like they're giving you gold. Like immediately you're like, I want this interview done so I can get it on the internet right away. Um, but we do what we're supposed to do. And, and it was odd. Cause now a couple of years later, it's completely different. You know, no, I don't want anything to do with the guy. He's, he's this, he's that. Yeah, I mean, Seth I, Rollins hates CM Punk for the same reason Hydrox hates Oreo. Because <laughs> they're the same? Yeah, but a successful, better perversion. Yeah, but you know what? How, can, Hydrox how, how, how do they do what I do, but people enjoy it all the time? <laughs> I think Seth's great, but no, he's not. Yeah, punk. have him cut a promo half as good as Punk's worst, and we'll talk. See, I, and this is why I feel bad because I didn't actually follow up. And I was like, why do you hate CM Punk? Like that's yeah. been, that's the only thing that's kind of bugging me is it's like, I was just so blown away. I could have asked him why. And instead I just pivoted to talking about the game. Cause I was like, you have to talk about this game or you've done nothing. No, but that's, that's that, part of the game. You know, though, right? you know, Nick, like that's part of what no, you have to do. And like, that's I, what you have to cover. I should have asked him why he hates CM Punk. And you know, you bring up a really good point, Kevin, about the WrestleMania match, because after asking around, um, as I tried to figure out whether or not Seth Rollins was shooting about CM Punk or not, you know, it sounds like, you know, maybe Punk not wanting to do business with Rollins uh, played into it. And then, you know, Seth Rollins and CM Punk, it's funny, the, the hydroxy and, and the and the and the Oreos bit that Mike just said, because they are like such... Um, there's such like pillars of Midwest indie wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's why I wanted to ask him about punk because I know they've shared so much space. And the way I've had people in the Midwest describe Rollins and punk to me uh, over the years have been very differently. And, you know, the very different people punk is, you know, I know this, this run around, he was, he was a lot more engaging backstage was there to help people. I had not always heard that about him on the indies the past many years. You're not going to say he was a bad guy, but I was hearing that he was trying to be very private, reserved, and not be seen. And so he wouldn't spend much time in the locker rooms. He wouldn't talk to people. If he did like a surprise kind of indie appearance where he'd show up and be under a hood or whatever, it was in and out. He wasn't really talking to people. And I know that had rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. 
Um, whereas Rollins is a very public figure, even today on the Midwest indie scene. You know, he's got the Black and Runs Brave Academy. Runs yeah. a school, right? Yeah. You see, you, you see Seth Rollins backstage. He's very appro. I, this is just for a lot of my indie friends. Very approachable. Helps a lot of people. Just a very different vibe than Punk. And so, I don't know if there impregnates the wrestlers that he fucks. Yeah, has a lot of sex. A lot of a lot of Rollins. Are you talking about Punk or Rollins? Uh, Rollins. Yeah, well, I know they both like sex, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, they're 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 cut from the same cloth, but they're is different. That, is that our uh, is that our clickbait headline there? By the way, Nick, they both like sex. They both they both like sex. <laughs> hey, I'm not. And I'm unlike not other lie. wrestler, and unlike other wrestlers, the women they have sex with like it too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems to be largely consensual. I mean, not largely. It seems to be completely consensual. And yeah, that you know, was like even a clarification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess it's for us, and I can't say largely completely. You know, but that's the thing is, you know, these, but these are two studs. I mean, if we're trying to put it in those terms, these are two guys. They're top of their game. They, you know, got a lot of play. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of people do like them for very different reasons. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm just curious to anybody. My my gut says that. Punk turned down this match with Rollins, lost contact, and then Rollins is like, well, screw this guy if he doesn't want to work with me, and then found a collective of other people that are like, screw Phil Brooks, we don't want to work with him either, and now he's part of that camp, and so there you go, I guess. You so know? I like that the guy who fucks a Nazi is the babyface in Nick Hausman's story here. That's kind of the, that's the other takeaway of this. That's uh, like the set- guy entering the Rumble that 30 wait, wait, being okay. the babyface. Robert, that's a good- okay, wait, wait, wait. Before Robert gets on his high horse about this. What high Robert, horse? Okay, well, yes, no, I'm about to get on this. Robert had sex in college with a girl who thought Jewish people had horns, okay? Wow. So we've all made decisions. We've all made decision- horrible decisions for pussy, Robert. That in Robert's defense, he wasn't sure yet either. <laughs> yes. The first time I finally got Robert on something. Well, no, no, no. There was a register and he's There's a defense to it. It wasn't like afterwards she was still like, yep, no, they still have horns. It's like, I'm pretty sure like Rollins' girlfriend still had all the Nazis. She didn't like throw it all. Like he walked in, he's like, you can't have this in your house. And she threw it all out. <laughs> you would have fucked um, that girl, Robert. Even yeah. if she had all those mammy figurines all over the place, she would have fucking 69. <laughs> that is very possible. And then I would have washed it down with a nice Mountain Dew pitch black. Uh, pitch black, which brings us like to... Robert's heart. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's also what Jim Ross calls the New Day. But besides oh. that, hey. I'm joking, oh, he's, a, he's a hateful old man. We love him. We love everyone here on the Ad Free Shows Network. Uh, but, uh, you know, Thirty I mean, look, cream. based on his face, he doesn't see color or anything else. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's not nice. Someone, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hurt Conrad's feelings once it Friday night punch down him. over here. <laughs> uh, you know how many layers of skin that joke has to go through. That's where I was getting That's where I was getting to. Uh, anyway, the twenty twenty 2020... just be called fat guys shitting on other fat guys. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's that's Whoa. bad fat violence. That's most wrestling fans hating other wrestling <laughs> fans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not <laughs> obese. I'm corpulent. <laughs> if you know what corpulent means, you're obese. Yeah. San Antonio, Texas, host of the 2023 Royal Rumble. As I try desperately to get this thing back on the fucking rails here, uh, but try uh, to grab this uh, pay per view by the horns, folks. Oh. <laughs> Hook them horns. Texas, oh, wait, horns. wait. So Saudi Arabia did buy the company. <laughs> 
Uh, no, because uh, 30 women were on this and they all survived. So this was not a Saudi-owned <laughs> show. But seeing women get eliminated made them want to spend more money on the WWE. Uh, the show opened with the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, and if you have been living under a rock, not the rock, who didn't show up to this thing because he's got way more important things to do. Uh, Cody Rhodes triumphantly beat 29 other men by waiting until 29 other men fought each other to uh, be your number one contender for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight title. Uh, Bray Wyatt beat LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Bianca Belair beat Alexa Bliss in a women's match. Uh, Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble, and Roman Reigns beat Kevin Owens in a very subdued, quiet, not emotional match. We will start by talking about the (laughs) 30-man Royal Rumble and uh, I'm going to start with the guy that absolutely loves the Royal Rumble and probably hated the 2023 Royal Rumble, Mike Lawrence. Mike, what'd you think of this Rumble? I actually, I, I liked a lot of it. I thought it was well paced. Um, the Gunther stuff was great, but how is mm-hmm. Gunther not the babyface and all of that? I, I just thought, like, when you have to use real world stuff to explain kayfabe, you kind of lose me. And the whole, well, Cody's not fully healed. That, but he felt like such a heel coming in at thirty. I get like I don't know. I was rooting for Gunther, and and sure. I'm a Jew, so maybe I just hate myself. But um, <laughs> it it was just, <laughs> but no, I thought it was a lot of fun stuff in there. It I it was way better than last year's. No Shane helps. Um, oh yeah. yeah, the the ricochet spot was awesome. There was a lot of like fucking great moments in this thing uh a lot of continuity the dominic stuff was great um mcafee really you know mentioned him briefly right he came back and he really added to this uh i love i love when there's a heel that even the heels hate and that's a really fun thing that like Corey graves like kind of plays a little like piperish role but then everyone despises dominic and and you know, Ray's number being called and then him coming out after with the mask on was, I, I thought, a really great moment. And this made me really excited to watch this company moving forward before I turn raw on and said, I'm good. <laughs> That's fair. Speaking of people, baby faces and heels hate Nick Housen, what'd you think of this match? I, I agree with everything Mike said. I mean, you know, what, what else is left to say? It was a good match. You know, there were some good spots. Was it the greatest rumble ever? No, but was it the worst? And, if you were looking for surprises, you were probably disappointed, but they did a good job showcasing the roster. Um, props to Brock Lesnar, right? Who co- I, I think probably one of the most selfless things Brock Lesnar's done. Uh, definitely signaled to me this is a guy who knows he's kind of probably on the last legs of his WWE career when you're out there putting over Bobby Lashley and, and being that guy where it's, you know, obviously not, you know, the, the main focus. I thought, I thought he was great. And uh, props to Booker T., you know, I think Booker got one of the, the bigger pops tonight. People love Booker T. He was a lot of fun. I'm glad he got to work with Dominic Mysterio, too. So to be no, clear, Sable Brock- last week had lunch and dinner, and I think that's the most selfless thing Brock Lesnar's done. <laughs> Mike, Brock Lesnar's selfless for, for for being willing to only work for two and a half minutes and get paid his full rate. That is a – he's an <laughs> yeah, altruistic man. man. God uh, bless him. Scott, hey, you hate Hey, w- you know what else was two and a half minutes? Hardy. Enough said. I'll well, give we'll Brock get, the money. We'll get to well, fucking Hardy. And, 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 and with Lesnar, too, there was the thing um, that a lot of people said, you know, he didn't work with a lot of black wrestlers. Uh, props to Lesnar for going out the last couple of years. You know, he didn't do great by Kofi, but he's 
He's doing a lot more for Lashley than I ever expected him to do. And I just think for his legacy, it's really it's a really, really good thing he's doing with Bobby Lashley right now. Yeah, well, he, he wants to make that program work real bad, you can tell. Oh, Scott, yeah. And he, uh, Scott, you weren't as big of a fan of this. Yeah, I watched this with hometown buddies. Some of them watch WWE, some of them don't. I think we were all bummed out at the lack of surprises. A part of yeah. it, even if it's a stupid surprise, is when you're watching with friends, you go, oh, my God, I remember that idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, all the idiots now have, like, vaccine stances, and they shout them in front of, uh, you know, government buildings and stuff. So they're they're not willing to enter at number 12. Uh, I thought there was fun moments. I, I actually like Gunther staying in all of it because it does show that he's a real problem. I mean, actually, it shows that he's the biggest problem. Uh, And, you know, the fact that Cody beat him, it's like only because Cody was fresh. And I know there's the rumor of a triple threat for Gunther at Mania. And I get that because it it, it would be a hard-hitting banger, right, with McIntyre and Sheamus. But I genuinely think he deserves a a star to face and he deserves to crush him. Like, if we're Mm. not getting a rock surprise, I really wanted an Austin surprise and um, I guess that's not happening either. So it's like, who do we give? Oh, 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 I mean, Logan Paul knocked it out of the park. That was the highlight yeah. of the whole show for me was Logan and Ricochet, that moment. Yeah, huh. and uh, no, Gun- Gunther's definitely a, a big problem and Cody's his final solution. Kevin, what'd you think of the Rumble? <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that up. I, I actually really loved it. And I, I just got to get on this thing. I think the idea that fans get this, this is the, one of the most fantasy book shows of the year. Yeah. Even more than WrestleMania is, where people are gambling on specific spots. People have their numbers games. They have betting pools. And it, and then it goes into that fantasy football thing where it's, I don't care about who wins. I care about getting what I want out of it individually. And I really think the surprise thing is just, uh, it's kind of out of hand. It's fun. It's fun as fans to say, like, I think this is going to happen. And this is, and, but my thing is, like, if your predictions are not matched in a show, I don't think that, like, determines the value of entertainment I get from it. Like predictability is not a weakness in something. I go to a movie with Superman in it. And if it's a good Superman movie, I know Superman wins at the end. It could be a bad Superman movie and Superman wins at the oh. end. Like this, Cody Rhodes going Zod's to this- neck. What? <laughs> and, and, snap, and snap Zod's neck. Yeah. Well, you know, even, even you just, the you just really, you just really stumbled. Have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, Dan? I, no, I, Dan? no, I, I was just about to say, like, you just stumbled into, Mike Lawrence's Israel and Palestine conversation. (laughs) That fucking Superman thing. Hey, hey, The Rock is busy feuding with the James Gunn Club. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Oh, nice. Mike Mike and Gunn go back into hibernation. (laughs) And my thing is with all that like Stone Cold Rock stuff hanging over this entire show and people just wanting to see those moments and they just want the parade of a guy out there that they haven't seen in a long time. The guys they have, they built up. You know, they built up this yeah. Cody thing. You knew Cody was going to be there. They built up the roster they have. They went to the guns they have, and they're building it up with this WrestleMania where there's this looming, we got to have the rock on it type thing. That's just really a conversation that WWE's never embraced until they get asked about it. You yeah, know? but like, that's also a total lie. Like, Roman has been champion for so sure. long, partially because 
they wanted The Rock to fight him at some point. Yeah, and uh, I, and, agree, and I agree with you, but if, if you can't goal, do that, you know? if no, you can't do that, goddamn, they got a pretty good they got a pretty good set of pay, uh, cards oh, to work with here. You know? Oh Rock yeah, was, and, Rock and this was not idea always that Cody did not get a good. There's like this fake thing that Cody didn't get a reaction from he got a, a small real, he got amount a huge of reaction. Motherfucker got a massive reaction, yeah. and they're off to the races. They will be fine. Yeah, Cody's gonna knock it out of the park. It's what I've been saying for seven eight months now. And anytime they bring up the Rock, I'm like, no, Cody is the better story i think the men's rumble it it was hurt to kevin's point because there weren't some of those potential surprises that people just get in their own heads yeah and they're convinced gunther going bell to bell in this was a great story and a chance for him to spotlight they told a lot of fun stories in here that will have payoffs seamus and drew edge judgment day stuff so seamus and drew working together yeah and to their ultimate detriment of them getting eliminated is mm-hmm. what will set up a triple threat match at Mania with them and Gunther theoretically, which is fun. You're, the Rumble is good when it sets up stories. Using Judgment Day as a unit and then having Edge go after them is a great story. The fact that you had Logan Paul eliminate Seth Rollins and now you've managed to solve that. How do you get past the Seth and Cody thing? Oh, Seth has some other guy that he wants to focus on. And Cody, as weird as it is, had to be 30 because people were so convinced there was going to be surprises that if Cody was not 30 and 30 was some random dude, the fans would have booed the shit out of the finish of the show, the out of yeah. the match, and they would have ruined Cody's moment. So you knew Cody was in it. And when 29 other guys came out, you're like, all right, I know Cody is 30. It kind of mutes that risk of, oh, Daniel Bryan's going to show up in the Rumble, and then it's not Daniel Bryan and everybody shits on it. Dan, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you got a chance to touch on the rumble. You have anything you want to add? Um, I, I, mean, I took some notes, but I mean, uh, t- the ricochet spot was fantastic. Everybody's talking about that. Uh, I mean, overall, I just thought it was good booking, sloppy execution. Like I thought that the execution of the match itself was, uh, was the, there wasn't a lot of good wrestling in it, you know. And that is uh, typical, though, right? It's a lot of guys like standing rumble, in a corner yeah. pretending yeah. to hit each other. Yeah, I guess. I just, you know, it, it's just when you see some of the people that are in this, because I think you can make an argument that this maybe was the greatest work rate rumble as far as the people who are in it. Or at least up I, there. I, 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 kinda, I kind of disagree because I think it's almost impossible to show off the work rate of all those people at 30 minutes though, or that 30-man match. The work rate was showcased in the last 10 minutes with Cody and Gunther. I mean, yeah. that was probably... Yeah, no, I, that I was love the thing good. of that. that was like a, yeah. That was that, my favorite that was, part is they got to have a mini match at the end. That, 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 yeah, that was that was maybe the best last two-man sequence in Rumble history. I mean, it's weird because there weren't like huge, like, you know, huge names that Snoop Dogg didn't show up or whatever. And maybe Snoop would have gotten a bigger pop than Cody. But yeah, back to what Kevin was saying. I mean, like they showcased the guys that they had. They, if you were looking to see The Rock and Steve Austin and you tuned in for that and you didn't get it, but you got this, you probably became a fan of Cody and Gunther by the end of this. And you know, my I didn't think they would do it. I had a lot. I I was I, I didn't think they would showcase the roster as strongly they did. I thought they were going to go back and pull some big name out of the hat. I was wrong. If you two did for Rock and Steve Austin, and you got that last ten minutes with Cody and Gunther there, you got to become a fan of those guys. I was. I mean, there there were people around me in the press box that were like, "Oh shit, maybe Gunther's going to win this." And it's like, guys, Gunther's not going to win this. There's no way. But like, there they there was a believability there. It was incredible. You yeah, know, you know people what else tuned like, in. No, no, no. Did, Nick, actually, hold though? on, Scott. Nick, Nick. People cool. tuned into the Rumble for one reason and one reason only. 
and it was for a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Let's be honest here. It was it was Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight in a match that Mike Lawrence conceived in a fever dream somewhere and manifested I, it into. Like, I, I, just... I think that it gave me COVID. I think that match gave me COVID. <laughs> I, really and diabetes. I will I will say right here because we talked about it on the, on the prediction show. I said, Bray, this buildups to most of his feuds are better than the payoffs. He really needs to deliver here. And I'm hoping that he's going to deliver. And he shit the bed and they bottled it. And now it is Mountain Dew pitch black. This was a day glow party. You put wrestling fans under a black light, which is a fucking terrible idea. He looked like fat Jeff Hardy as opposed to fat Hardy, who sang later later in the show. And then there was the spot after with Uncle Howdy jumping into like a Chris Jericho style <laughs> botch job with people in the costumes of the rabbit and the other. Sh- oh this was a God. fucking disaster. And my my one of my buddies who was in the arena said this killed the crowd during the match and then the post-match stuff killed the crowd and then taking everything down after killed the crowd dead. So the fact that this show nice. rebounded at all is a, nice. a miracle. Um, Dan, start with you. Yeah. I Okay. Now that there's an AEW, we can really see when something bombs in WWE. Yes. Because all the snarky AEW guys are not going to have the chance anymore. So instead what you get is this vacuum of impenetrable silence uh, of of awe-inspiring s- sadness that filled that arena during this match. I mean, every single every single part of it. And I think what's even worse is that, like, when they were showing the package, I was watching with casuals. I was at a, a comedy club, and and they were like, "Oh, this Bray guy, he's really good. He's really entertaining compared to a lot of wrestlers. Like that guy can really act." And then you get this match. And you're just like, I mean, how much better would this have been if it was just a six-minute squash match with Bray winning without any of the the lights and shit? If it was just like a normal, you would have you would have at least had like Bray in the conversation of fantasy booking mania because you know, like I've heard a million different like match scenarios pitched after this Rumble. I haven't heard Bray in one of them, and I think part of that is because of how fucking goofy this goddamn match was. Well, they got to put him in whatever the one eight hundred collect match of the night's going to be. Yeah, this was uh, a Nickelodeon death match. Here's here's my here's my here's my struggle with this. Right, I watched it, and whoever Robert was talking to, it may have been me. He's right. The crowd was beaten to submission. They never came back. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is a demon. This is a spawn of Satan, oh, no. right? Bray Wyatt, right? I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Robert? Oh no, sorry. I thought I was on mute. I was. Oh well, no, you weren't. It's all right. Yeah, I you that got now, this Nick. spawn of Satan, right? And I'm like, oh, like what's is the is the spawn of Satan gonna do a commercialized pitch black match? And I was like, yeah, actually, you know what? Now I've justified it to myself. This this is this is what happens when capitalism is allowed to run rampant. And that's what I think of Bray Wyatt now. He's just he's not really like a he's like a demon. He's more just like pure Reagan capitalism now and uh and uh yeah because he's the spawn yeah nick because he's the spawn of erwin r shyster (laughs) yes exactly there's a kind of like i want to see bray wyatt opening sweatshops right i want to see bray wyatt like fracking you know like that's the real (laughs) evil that i get in bray wyatt now after watching this from sweatpants to sweatshops that's going to be his uh, his uh, autobiography it's true like it's just awful like you you spoon fed people a commercial and then the worst part of this is like after it was over, they cut to an actual Applebee's commercial. 
And I was like, I, I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. This is not yeah, the rest of the Because there's this yeah. guy that I guess an argument is is this what he envisioned? And there's no way, right? So now we have to go, well, do we shit on Triple H for this? Because we were so mad at Vince for ruining yeah. Bray's vision. And now Vince, you know, apparently is not a part of creative. I think so you should Bray for this. I think so does Mountain is- Dew go, this happens, motherfuckers. And they're like, okay, shit. Mr. Mountain. I shit. So I shit. And I, and I, and I, I hate to say this. I hate to say this because I don't know the guy and he might be a really good guy, but I shit squarely on Nick Khan. This, this Brie, this, this smells of Nick Khan, hey, super businessman. Business has cleared my script yet, so let's fucking rework work that comment, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will, no, I will, def- hold on, I will defend Nick. This was brilliant corporate synergy. I now knew that this product exists. I'm serious. I know this product existed. Sure. It was trending all over. It was melded into a match. It's weird that it was melded into a Bray Wyatt match or you would think this would not fall within his uh, purview. I like Nick's idea that this was part of his sick twisted plan, but corporate synergy and they made a shitload of money off of it. That part worked. The execution is where this failed. This was like, yeah. you know, Batman and Robin like that fight scene with the uh, the, the Dayglow guys on motorcycles. And I just said Batman and Robin, so Mike woke up. So, Mike, what did you think of this match? <laughs> well, Coolio was the leader of that gang. Uh, <laughs> fucking love that movie. Um, no, nah, man. Well, I mean, at least that was a fantastic voyage. This is look, look. Uh, you know, the Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins, would, would we have hated it more if it was sponsored by Mountain Dew Code Red? <laughs> Who cares? (laughs) The sponsorship to me doesn't really matter that much in this match because it would be bad anyways. Here's my two takeaways from this. One, it shows how much none of us care about L.A. Knight because no one's being like, oh, this hurt L.A. Knight because it's like, (laughs) oh, it's nice he got a paycheck. And then the other thing is Bray, it just doesn't work, man. Like, And I love wrestle crap. I love the 94 Yokozuna Undertaker shit. Like, this is my jam, and it should be. And I, this is, it has never worked. It's just, yeah, like you said, Robert, the matches, you know, some of the setups and stuff can be fun, but the matches never work. And, you know, they want Bray to be Taker. At this point in Taker's career, he was having Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels. He had great matches with Mick Foley. He already was, you know, doing the Bret Hart stuff. Like, I know there's like that mid-2000s work rate taker, but 90s taker's pretty fucking great, like mid-90s, you know? And Bray is still not there. Like, he peaked at Daniel Bryan 2014. He peaked with the Wyatt family when there was some believability in the character where he's just this evil cult hillbilly with big goons. And none of this other stuff, like the Fiend mask is cool. Uncle Howdy is a fun name, but it doesn't ever work in terms of a wrestling Is it match. a fun name? I'm not sure if it's a fun name. I think it's, you know, it's better back. than Gunther. Yeah, no, that's true. But... I don't know, man. Gunther's imposing. Uncle Howdy. I, I don't watch a lot of SmackDown just because I don't like to watch wrestling on Friday nights. <laughs> By the time Monday morning comes around, I really don't feel like it. So I'll like catch mm-hmm. highlights and stuff. So I've missed a lot. Get of the it? You're way. better than us, Nick. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I just don't get it, man. I, I, I you know, it's like when I'm, I turn Nickelodeon like on, I like uh, scroll through channels, you know, whatever. What's Nickelodeon like these days? And I watch it, and I'm like, ah, 
I have no relation to this. I I don't know what any of this is. I don't. I'm not comfortable watching I, this programming. To counter that, I, Nick, and this isn't me. This isn't me defending it. I this is me following the business and do, and working on the wrestling media side. He's a character that people really care about. Like a lot of casual fans, as really, as a, really as, like a, as, as as a wrestling person as well who follows the product. Uh, Guys, it, you're both not, losers. It, it's not, it's, it's Let's not, not have a wrestling journalist. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm going to post the nastiest clickbait about you tomorrow, Kevin. Top five things. Don't you Kevin dare, Nick. Okay, right, hold on. I, I, I'm putting this. I'm putting this back on the rails here. Kevin, your point. Yes, fan, fans care about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. They a lot of these fans online, much to Scott's chagrin, care about and loved Alexa Bliss with the Lily doll, and then Same, we yeah. got this match, this Bianca Belair Alexa Bliss match that. Was Big only seven out. minutes. That was because it was clipped within an inch of its life in terms of time. This was supposed to have double the amount of time it did. They had to tell a truncated story without any of the spooky elements in the match itself. They saved it post match. So basically, you just got a raw match on a pay per view, which was kind of disappointing. You had the post match stuff with Alexa and the spooky video. But it's like now she's being sucked into a storyline that one match prior, I never need to see that storyline again as as long as I live. Scott, why was this your favorite Alexa Bliss match? Uh, I mean, that was my issue with the match. And really only that was she got sucked in at the end into the into this thing that just bombed so hard. And so you're like. It's just the funniest. It's like if they knocked it out of the park, we'd all be like, "Whoa, yeah, more!" But instead, we're like, "Oh no!" It's like a it's like a band getting booed off stage and then doing an encore. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Absolute shit, and very funny. So yeah, and and also, I don't even think it's really representative of of their skills. I really think they were a victim. Like Robert, you're right. You were they were a victim of getting their time cut, and it felt that way. It felt that way when the match ended. Like they just didn't have enough time to do what they wanted to do. If you'd have flipped the women's rumble and the Bianca. Bliss match, I think it would have played better. I think a hundred percent that match suffered right after that pitch black because everybody was so hateful of what we had just seen, like just like disrespected by the pitch black match. And then <laughs> the idea that Alexa Bliss could somehow be involved in what we just saw and that that could come back in this match, that had a noose around its neck from the get. Yeah, it's that. almost like we we couldn't get Jeffrey Epstein, but we had Jelaine Maxwell, and god damn it, she's going to prison, you know. <laughs> Sadly, she was not one of the uh, women in the 30 Women Royal Rumble, as I'm trying to segue this thing forward here. Uh, Rhea Ripley won what I thought was the more entertaining of the two Rumbles uh, when all was said and done. I thought there was Mm. a compelling story with Rhea and Liv starting it out and then everybody kind of battling around them and then it just kind of ending with with Rhea and Liv. There were a couple of hiccups early on, namely letting Dana Brooke go near a wrestling ring is always a terrible idea. Dear God, man. She's yes. getting worse. She's getting she's worse. Getting, she's getting way worse, and I get that she's trying or whatever. I think that Roxanne Perez got a great spotlight on her when she was in there. People who were mm-hmm. not familiar with her, like, holy shit, who is this girl? She's definitely somebody worth watching. Damage Control actually wrestled the way that you would want a stable in a Royal Rumble to wrestle, that they gang up and attack a bunch of people. That was a whole lot of fun. Piper Niven getting her name back was really cool. Loves Oscar, that. Oscar Loved returning it. as the as like the old school Oscar was a hell of a lot of fun. The surprises like Chelsea Green coming in and immediately getting tossed out was a nice little touch. Michelle McCool from the crowd, I guess like Taker was happy to not have her home for a night. And then at number thirty, Nia <laughs> Jax was there. 
And someone said it earlier, it's great when the faces and heels all hate the same person. They all hate her for being, you know, a reckless giant waste of fucking space. And they eliminated <laughs> her. And uh, in the end, you got uh, Rhea Ripley gauntlet to gauntlet. Yes, it was predictable, but it was predictable for the right reason. And it made sense. And I'm going to start with Scott because, Scott, I know hmm. you have to jump. I thought Rhea was fantastic uh, in this, obviously. She feels like a star, and, and I hope she gets that moment at, at WrestleMania. Um, also, shout out to Dominic, obviously, in the in, in the men's rumble. Uh, yeah, I thought the in a strange way, the wrestling was better in this match than the other mm-hmm. one. Now, what sucks is you you I honestly don't know a lot of some of these women's names completely. I definitely, and Robert, you tweeted this. I do not know any of the theme songs and even in the men's rumble, I, I know the theme songs, but, you know, you, you miss epic theme songs, like great theme songs. And all of our favorite theme songs now, we're like, no, it's great. And we mean it's great. And like, it's a, it would sound good in a movie soundtrack. That's not a great theme song. Just because it sounds like some battle music doesn't make it a great entrance song. Um, and so well, you I know wish- you miss Scott. You know what they fucked up? Like, Jim Johnson was great at the world and the glass shatter. Like, those those openings were perfect for rumbles. Yes, you oh, had a oh, hook yeah, right you away. Need a, you need a hit. You had a hook right away. Yeah, yeah. So and, and a lot of the songs right the don't have that. Mm-hmm. But 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 I did uh, I did love the the women's match. Um, the Naya thing, the the great part about it. One, you're doing it at thirty, which is such a a funny, interesting thing to do. Uh, two, you botch it. She her music hits, <laughs> and then they do the ten, nine, eight, seven. It was so funny. It was well. So that was the countdown for her. her to get out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So good. Oh my god. Man, they hated her. They hated her when she came out. She got yeah. like real heat when she came out, and which I'm kind of all... excited about. Now, did they sign her or no? I think this I, was a one-off, but she no may. One? She may. I'm sorry. I. I... From what I understand, she she this was a one off, but she may stick around for more, depending on uh, other factors. But the that was the initial intent. But Nick Hausman may know what Nia's status is and what she thinks of CM Punk. So Nick, what what do you got? Hates him, buried him. Uh, <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Nick, what you think of the rumble? When we said we liked this rumble, you kind of made like a sigh of haughty derision. And we don't get a lot of haughty it derision was, on this show. Was, you know, you did such a beautiful job recapping it. And I don't want to like take away from your memories of it because I thought it was also a very good rumble. But, you know, it, again, being in the building, the men's match, everyone was like, we didn't get the rock. But you know what? It was the first match. You kind of know when it's the first match, you're not going to get the rock. You know, it kind of brought the temperature down. People were happy for Cody. They love Gunther. Pitch black happens. Everyone dies. They want to leave. They're all worried about bliss. They don't come back. The women's match, the rumble started on kind like everyone was already kind of judged. There was a real judginess in mm-hmm. the air when the women's rumble match started. And it did like, it did pick up. The Oscar stuff was awesome. Piper was cool. But there was also like, uh, there's like the Natalia entrance and then the Tamina entrance where there were definitely people around me that was like, I'm not getting surprises from this match either. You know, like there's a lot of women I've seen a whole bunch of times. Um, I thought it was really good. My vibe was about where it was with the men's match. Um, I just thought it, it, inside the building, the men's match hit. And the women's match, I think, 
was very, very good, but struggled just because of the energy in the room. It was just a rough, really rough go. And that could uh, be because you point. weren't watching it. Like, I'm curious if you went back and watched it with like the commentators and the fun that they were having during that match. They were doing a really good job, I thought, of telling that story. Kevin, what did you think of this this match? The, the right person won. I mean, Rhea's red hot. This is another one where predictable isn't bad. Uh, and also, I think this is one where there was a universal opinion that we want this one person to win. I mean, Rhea spent a lot of this last year injured, but was on TV. She kind of had like that Stone Cold 97 type thing where injured, serious injury, uh, and but then really got into the character work and knows how to eat up the screen every time she knows the camera's on her. She knew where to be, where to position herself. Love the ending, too, with Asuka being able to miss somebody and, uh, you know, and uh, that ending with Liv and stuff like that, too. And it's another thing where it's the cast. We brought up the same thing with there's a bunch of different things that happened with several different people in that match that built some people up. Liv didn't feel like a joke at the end of this. Asuka didn't feel like a joke. Piper is a revived character. Uh, it really was like kind of like an all-star effort. And then Rhea set up for a big match. I like it. Kind of wish they went with Bianca and, and Rhea instead of instead of uh, Rhea and Charlotte again. Uh, but I, I think, hey, it was a strong match. And I do think it's neck and neck with the men's. It's both. Both Rumbles were good. And that's what you want. When you watch the Royal Rumble show, you want two big matches that set up two big people for WrestleMania. It did what it was supposed to do. Dan, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was a well wrestled match. Um, I thought the uh, I thought Bianca was really good in it. I thought that a lot of people would have fucked that final spot that she did up, and she did yeah. not fuck it up. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit I'm I'm a little bit confused as to why they're going Charlotte. I mean, obviously now like a hundred percent. Uh, like um, what what's her name has got to Rhea's got to go over right. I mean, that would just be the the fucking the death fart of all death farts if somehow <laughs> if somehow like if somehow fucking charlotte is able to get over again with this is it's it i mean I, oof but um yeah i mean i thought it was a good rumble uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with with be with uh with becky now where the where does she where does she end up are they gonna yeah. are they gonna yeah. do her and bailey or i mean what are they doing i mean there's enough meat on the bone for that story you could stretch it out to mania or some combination of that i think there's they have options uh i i i'm sure they'll find someone for for bianca there's definitely people coming off of rumble you could see they could heat up piper they could heat up oscar uh there there's play there's directions you can go for for bianca maybe it's a triple threat with her and and becky and i don't love triple threats but you could always do another one there but i think part of the fun of it in the end is hey there's paths to go forward uh, and it's interesting, compelling storylines, uh, which brings us to our main event. Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, sorry, our real main event, Hardy, performed. Oh, my God. And, and if you've never seen an entire building full of people's souls leave their bodies all at once. <laughs> that was rough, man. It, I couldn't believe this was real. Like, he looks like fat Kid Rock, and he's worse <laughs> than real Kid Rock. And I didn't think any of that was possible. This was a colossal misfire. What was not a misfire? The main event, Roman. No, we got to talk about Hardy, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you, can't, you, can't, you can't just you can't just say that. Now I have to say, as somebody you, there, Nick, you were there. You were there. I was there. I'm from Texas. I grew up just outside Houston. I used to field trip to the Alamo every year. This was a homecoming for me in a lot of ways. All right. 
Him and the him mark. and Hardy were groundlings together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about costumes and props. And so me and Nikki Hausman were zip zap zapping, you know, coming <laughs> up the ranks, making the town. It's like in, it's like the inside of my brain right now. Inside of that venue, there were a lot of Texans fucking getting down to Hardy. I, I saw a lot of cameras out. I saw people like swaying. There was like two dudes in front of me that were like, they knew the song. They were like singing along. And honestly, like in the building, didn't suck. I could see everyone else watching it on TV and being like, this sucks. But like in the building for that particular audience, Hardy, I'd say got at least a 60% um, positive rating. Right, no, Tex Texans are never Nick, wrong. Nick, Texans always say. have good opinions no, me, that are me, universally liked. Me, Rob. I'm, I'm glad there's at least one abortion yeah. they're willing to support. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, thank you. Thank Nick, you. Nick, uh, Nick, you know, me and, and Robert and Zach and Scott, we disagree on a lot of things on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, after hearing your opinion on Hardy, I just want to say I can speak for all of us when I say, boo! boo! All right, fine, fine. Fucking boo me. Fucking boo me, but I'm right. It's, I'm 100% Fuck right. you. Get out of here. Let's Hardy at a target falling off a fucking dude, dude, drywall. I, I swear to God, his opening line was some shit like, I'm a redneck who doesn't check his Instagram. And like some dude in front of me was like, Fuck yeah, man. And I was like, you swear it's like we are in Hardy Country right now. Fuck North Carolina. This is now Hardy Country. There were people like nodding along, like agreeing. Like, I've been to Bush rallies. I was a child of the 90s, okay? This was like that, where everyone was just kind of like, Yeah, all right, I'll hear him out. Sure. I've been to totally. Bush concerts and I would have rather been at that than this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this all right, so Nick took all the fun out of Hardy. Is no, somebody works in rock radio? Right? I want to hear Mike's opinion on Hardy. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, one, I've never missed Chris Warren in the DX band more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but this, I mean, this was one of those things, and, and, I, and, I, and I texted, like, uh, uh, Dan and Scott this, but I was watching the Rumble with, with the sound off for a decent amount of it because I, me and my wife had two friends over. We have a new baby. They're meeting the baby. We're just doing, you know, people shit. And and then they're like, no, put on the rumble. Put, turn the sound on uh, dur during the women's match. And then this comes on, and they both look at us. Me and my friend were big wrestling fans. And they go, this is what you like? Uh. <laughs> and I, I've never been more embarrassed you know, I'm a 40 year old who dresses you see like the a kids' birth parents dancing in the front. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. That was funny, Dan. Nah. Keep going. Nick, if you don't know, my, my child has adopted, and Dan just imagined my child's birth parents dancing to Hardy at the concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was a, I was a little out of the loop. Sorry, I didn't know could, that. Could be worse. I didn't Mike. know that. I was just more like, why is Dan so into the idea of talking about Luke's birthday? Birth? Mike, it could be worse. So... Hardy could be the birth dad, <laughs> <laughs> and he still ain't sold out. <laughs>
Uh, hey, hey, right. Some of us adopt more than just another addiction. So hey, wow. hey I, I want to let you know I've had the same Hard. addiction, sir. <laughs> I just can't beat him. All right, his only addiction is competition, like CM Punk, Nick Houseman's best friend. I'm going to give my quick thoughts on the main event, and I have to, I have to drop. But uh, in the main event, Roman Reigns took on Kevin Owens. They told what I thought was a beat for beat perfect story. Uh, it was clear that Roman should have won. He won the way that he did in in slightly dominant fashion when all was said and done. The post-match stuff, are there things I would have done differently? Yes. That pop when Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns with the chair is one of those iconic moments, instantly iconic moment. It was the buildup everybody wanted. Do I think that it's now kind of muddied a little bit the path forward for Cody? Yes. Would I have loved for Jay Uso not to have walked out? And then it's like, well, what direction are we going with this? Yes. But as far as it goes, I tweeted this out. When wrestling is great, it's fucking Shakespeare. And this was a moment where you took the audience for a ride from the beginning to the end of that match. And everybody, when they left, well, let's call it more something. like Shakey's Pizza Spear. Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's what's not full. School? What's that? What's not full? Uh, Macbeth, this. Yeah, they, they say Macbeth was better than 12th night. They had Hardy on before this, so you knew what this was. <laughs> Just so you yeah. know, you're not watching art. <laughs> yes hardy did to us what sammy did to roman y'all y'all don't get it y'all just don't get it <laughs> nick we're gonna find out nick's getting all that big hardy money wrestle link <laughs> we we got the chicago out of nick in a, a 90 minute <laughs> robert just left uh-uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to run wrong. And look, I'm not sitting here saying I like Hardy. I'm pro Hardy. I just want to give the devil its due. In that, in the Alamo Dome, there were a lot of people thumping to Hardy and were enjoying themselves. So I like that you guys not, didn't ask Nick. me my opinion. I work in rock radio and I have to front sell and back sell his songs. So thank you. I don't care. For absolving don't me care. From yeah. All right. What's your opinion, Pinfield Light? <laughs> can I can can light? I, thank you. By the Nick, way, I, I just I just want to I want I want you to know that we're we're, we're just goofing, and there are some <laughs> wrestling journalists like like Dave. I don't think even think Dave Meltzer knows how to listen to music, so it's okay. <laughs> how can he? How, he he's he's got so many papers in his office they're covering his ears. Like I don't think he can hear anything. It's like wait, what if he doesn't listen to music? He reads it. Yeah, yeah. what if the papers are just notes? <laughs> Man, I just want you know what I want, Mike. I want to. I want. I want CCT footage, just outside of Meltzer's room, like when his <laughs> wife leaves the plate of food in front of it. You know, and then like Crazy. him walking down the street, and then the, like like the, the 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 door opening, and then those like little hands grabbing the food and then pushing it back. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I just imagine him singing along to a song now, being like B sharp, C sharp. B sharp C sharp. <laughs> can, can I can I can I tell you can I tell you my uh, so here's 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 my favorite Dave Meltzer story ever. So I de- I see Dave fair like throughout the year at the, the media yeah. events and everything. And you we see were him, like, but he doesn't see you because the yeah. eye contact would be involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I'm talking right to him, but he's looking in the corner. Um he uh so we were at I think it was the G1 show at Madison Square Garden. It was the big new Japan. Were the were the young bucks on that show or not? I'm trying to remember. No, no, they weren't on that one. Uh, okay, it was okay. Then it was some early AE, like real early AEW show. 
It was the one where they were giving out uh, the the kids' book that the Young Bucks wrote with Marty Scurll. Oh, okay, yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> which is a real thing that I have. And uh, the lector's item now, <laughs> dude. That is a messed up thing <laughs> over there. But anyway, so they were giving everybody a copy of the book, and I'm hanging out with Bill after because Bill's familiar to me. I love Bill after. He's a very nice old man. God bless. And him. so. And so Bill's like, Nick, 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 I need you to sit on the ground. I'm going to read you the children's book. I want you to be cross-legged like a child. And I'm like, okay, this is a weird thing, but you're a weird dude. And that's why I like you. Let's do it. So I get on the ground. He's like, we got to videotape this. And he sees Dave and he grabs my phone and he goes, Dave, would you mind recording this? And Dave is like, uh, okay. He takes my phone and and Bill's not, he never, nothing Bill does is short. He reads a good chunk of this book to me and forces very awkward Dave Meltzer to stand there and record it with my phone. And I have no idea where that footage is. I could probably find it. But uh, what a moment in time. Dave Meltzer, sit here and record uh, Bill after reading a children's book to me. Mm. And that 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 is a threesome that is the opposite of Paige, Woods, and Maddox. Yeah. yeah and Dave, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer's down there with that upward angle. He's got the camera, right? <laughs> Um, anyway, no, uh, so I bring up that because I did, they told us right after the the main event, we had to be ready to move to the press area for the press conference after the show. So Roman pins Kevin Owens and we all grab our stuff and we're running down elevators and hallways to get backstage. And like, God bless Sean Ross He was right next to me and he was, he had the wherewithal to turn his, the, the phone on and had the network or peacocker on or whatever. So we were watching the Sami Zayn drama play out like as we're running to get to the press area or I would have never seen any of it. And uh, when we got released into the room, then it became a mad dash because you got to grab your chairs. And so I was separated from Sean. And then this man, this man, Keith Greenberg, uh, over my shoulder, uh, nice guy. He started letting me watch off of his phone. And that's how I kind of pieced it. So I didn't actually get to experience any of the beautiful, uh, shaky... What shaky pizza? What did you call it? Yeah, shaky, shaky, shaky's pizza spirit. It's it's it, that's how it's supposed to sound. Just that. Yeah, did, did, didn't have didn't have the privilege of getting to to experience that shaky pizza sphere, sphere, whatever. Um, and so yeah, that's how I that's how that's how it played out to me. I got to see it in like bits and pieces, and then five minutes later, out came Rhea Ripley. So there you go, man. Okay. Well, what a Dan's reaction! Pun, Dan's pun is one more sloppy spear in this match. Um, <laughs> I I thought I thought that this was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a bad idea not to do a follow up on Monday. I I don't listen to Cornette a lot, and I did his his review of this because he it is. I love listening to him like stuff, and he liked most of this. But the thing he disagreed with, I actually agreed with, which was nobody came out at all. Like there's no authorities, no other wrestlers, or they just let Owens and Sammy get beat up. I I get why mm-hmm. it happened. It was for dramatic effect. Uh, you just it's the kayfabe of it all. Uh, but yeah, the turn was great because it was nuanced. I and even like Sammy like posting stuff this week about being out of the bloodline and the merch shirt with you know Zane with the duct tape. I don't like that right now because I like that there was pathos and conflict and the, he shouldn't be so like anti bloodline immediately. Like he should, he should be devastated. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. wrestling, like 
is rarely ever this good. And it won't yeah. be this good again for a while. So it's that thing like, you know, when wrestling fans are cynical and shit, like, remember the good stuff, right? Like CM yeah. Punk and Cena was three weeks in July in 2011, and we're still holding on to it. Uh, <laughs> we don't know when the next uh, feud of this caliber will be. You know, and this was fantastic from everybody. My favorite moment was Solo Sokoa because yeah. he really wanted to get that spike in that he'd been mm -hmm. holding in from Monday. And he's like, see, see, <laughs> and that that felt like such a like a, a Pesci in a Scorsese movie move to me. And <laughs> and I, I, I yeah, I thought this was uh, high art uh, as, as yeah. far as wrestling goes. I I would say, uh, you know, William Britney Spears. <laughs> uh, well you can take the boy out of at midnight but you can't take a midnight out of the boy <laughs> uh, mike uh what did you uh do you where do you compare this to the cm punk mjf stuff i still you, think that you, was better okay mm -hmm. um you know but it's Here, hard to say because we haven't seen the end of this no so we don't know yeah. where it's going but i will say like you know when i say i was bummed that there wasn't follow-up on monday it's Cody is a Nepo baby. Cody does not feel like a genuine baby face to me. We, I remember Rhodes at the top. If nobody else does, I was wondering if Red Velvet and Jade had wine again last night after their match, like the first time. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, like Cody to me is not a rootable baby face, but fuck, Sami Zayn is and should be the like. I can't relate to Cody Rhodes. You know, as as fat as is um but i can like we've all felt the way that sammy does in this moment and it, and it's just it's just beautifully done i mean and the the facial expressions from paul Heyman and all that i yeah i mean i'd say right now that's better but we don't know where this is going if this gets blown off at the chamber i think that will be that will have been better but who knows i mean yeah. the fact that no, well, it's not going to get blown who, off until they win the titles of the Usos. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, Rain said it in the match. You can go back to your jackass shit. But the fact that he did wrestle Knoxville last year in what was my favorite match of the year, <laughs> you know, but now is the most over baby face in this company. It just says a lot about this guy and, you know, the hard I work agree. he's done. And not to mention, and like I, I, oh, oh, Mike's fast, Dan, I have to, I have to, I have to leave. Right, I, Nick, I you gotta go. But you're uh, all wonderful. Just me, Kevin, and Mike. Yeah, I can hang. I can hang. This is the the, okay. the most the most this podcast has ever looked like January sixth. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you, Nick. Bye, man. Nice, nice meeting, Nick. You, Everyone, please support Wrestling Inc. Goodbye. I really have nothing uh, to say. Add. I think Mike Mike nailed it all on the head with this match. I mean, it was. I, I did wonder whether or not it would have been better if Cody came out at the very end, but, um, you know, I, I think don't, I, I really think that would hurt things dad because it needed to be all about Sammy's decision. Yeah. And, and you heard the reaction, you know what I mean? They yeah. really drew it out. Like, yeah, I think you're right. artistically. Match. I think you guys are totally right. Artistically. I'm just saying like, for where if you want to go Roman and, and Cody at Mania, but you know, who knows? Maybe that would have blown up in their face too. You know, I mean, there's a good chance that could have blown up. It's in not face. like they're not going to get a massive reaction in Montreal. When when Sammy comes out there in Montreal and they do this match, it's going to be a big deal. And also, know? I just think in the, in the story, here's my thing about like of why I, 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 Mike, I agree with you. This should have just been this, but 
why I don't think Sammy should be the guy to dethrone Roman because his story isn't about that. His story, his story is about finding a family. So the yeah. real end of the story is him and Kevin Owens beating the Usos. I mean, that's the real end of of like what we've been doing is he was able to find friendship and not and not sabotage who he was, you know. Um, I, I think it'll actually be him and Jay versus Jimmy and Solo. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Because the, the, the Jay of it all, we Dude, don't Jay know where maybe, it, At the right end of that, now. I was like, maybe Jay's your baby face. Maybe Jay's your ultra white meat baby yeah. face. But the fact, look, man, the fact that we're fantasy booking, like, like you know, I, I agree with everything Kevin said about surprise. The hook's in. That. You know what I mean? The fact it's, that good, we're it's good when you're asking booking. what's the next thing they're going to do. Right? Yeah, but the, yeah, that that we're book, we're guessing narrative and not mm-hmm. just stars means they're doing something right. Yeah, because there isn't an argument about whether or not it was good. And also, Kevin Owens busted his ass out there. I mean, he got his ass kicked to get this thing to work. I mean, that, you know, that and took a lot of punishment. I don't know how they, you know, that looked like it hurt. I don't know how you make that not hurt. And it's, no. it's funny being a fan of 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 wrestling and watching two companies at the same time and all of that and. You know, a lot of people, and I, I, I agree with the fact that <laughs> I, I caught it, Dan. I caught it. What'd you say, Dan? He said, he said, two companies at the same time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's, hey, man, what would you do if you had four billion dollars? <laughs> man, that's like being in a bed with both Meltzer and After. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the, talk about a devil's three way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Alvarez is in the corner doing a cameo. Um, But (laughs) them them counting all the hairs on the girl they're fucking, you know. No, what I was gonna say was that like people said that (laughs) there should have been blood in this, and and I kind of agree. And then you go to the other company where there's too much blood, and I'd like you know it's like you know the, the the Simpson line abortions for some miniature American flags for others. I feel like there's a balance between AEW. And WWE with blood because this would have meant more if Sammy and Kevin were bleeding at the end, but but then you know you watch Moxley you know in five minutes into a match you're like all right blood maybe doesn't mean that much. No, it is kind of crazy though how I mean look, obviously we we can't like you know we can't 100 percent cosign on Vince's fucking booking the last ten years, but as far as his eye for talent. I mean, he was the one who was like, no, no, this group, Roman's the best, Seth's the second best, and Ambrose is the third. And we're all yeah. like, no, you're wrong. And that now, like, 2023, we're like, eh, you're right. You're definitely right. And you Dan, know? we can't co-sign on Vince's booking the last 10 years because Robert isn't on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert, Robert got off when it got to... Uh... Yeah, I'm actually surprised that he got off in the one place he really could have touted WWE, but... <laughs> yeah, Rob, Robert would have definitely been like, here's why this worked, and here's why they, this this conventional idea works. Yeah, I, w- I would like to hear his take on this stuff. Yeah, Kevin, That's my favorite question to the show before. Who do you think is, do you think Robert is more in the bag for WWE or Scott is more in the bag for AEW? Oh, I, I like Scotty, but I think he's more in the bag for AEW than, than Interesting. Because Robert, Robert will crap on stuff when he doesn't like it. You know, he'll, he'll go off on it. Wait, wait, I think it's been even, but. Okay. All right. You know what? Lately, you're right. Lately, you're right. Yeah. And I listen every week. 
So oh, I listen every week thank you, and I mouth, I mouth along with all of the clips at the beginning of the show. I'm, I was walking down Irving Park Avenue just yelling, you have half the brain that I do. And I just have headphones oh. on and someone saw me and they thought I was a complete maniac. Just <laughs> yelling with headphones Now you're going to be part of that opening. Kev, Kevin, I didn't, I didn't know you were a fan. I'm, I'm sorry I was respecting you all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I, I was treating you like a for an eight by ten. <laughs> um, but anyway let's get to high spots and low spots of the week kevin, what if our plugs are just to kevin hey kevin please get one of our shirts on pro wrestling teams <laughs> uh yeah kevin sports kita's top 10 wrestle roasts episode the least graphic <laughs> article ever um but all right let's go to high spot low spot we'll start with you uh kevin what are your high spot and low spot of this week uh high spot is just people feeling good about going into the wrestlemania road you know what i mean like wwe yeah. did what they want you to do they want you to feel excited about it now is the week to be television going to be as satisfying i don't know but i mean if you came out of the royal rumble pump for wrestlemania that's a good time that's a good time and then AEW had a banger show we had some great stuff with them some stuff i feel they've done it's sort of redundant but if you like AEW right now and you're like oh i'm worried about my AEW paling in comparison to wwe right now it's fun it, and i think people to put too much energy into stuff when it's bad uh, so I think when it's good, like say it's good, wallow in it being good, you know, eat up the sauce when it's good, you know, like the steak when it's cooked well, man, because it's it's cooking right now. It's WrestleMania season. Enjoy it. Like let, let your brain go. Turn your brain off. Enjoy the show. I, I agree. And what's your low spot of the week? Low spot of the week? <sighs> man, if you're going to put Hardy out there to perform, right? <laughs> and this is something where I was like, why is this not on the kickoff show? Like if you're going to do all that like crossover stuff, have that be a fun, cool thing that like gets the show going before the show happens. You know, like that's where you put stuff like that for me, you know, and yeah. I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. I've seen worse stuff. I've seen worse live performances. You've seen like those bands lip sync on SNL and stuff like that. This wasn't like on par with that in terms of like, a live musical TV moment. Uh, so that that would be my low point. It was like just the placement of it. You put it somewhere else. I think you're it. being very too kind. I think you're being way too kind. I, probably, I'm, probably, because I may be interviewing working. Hardy in like a month or two. So I have to yeah, that's it. You're tra- you're carrying the fucking Hardy water over there. Yeah, I, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was the biggest Hardy car crash I've seen in at least a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Hardy. Uh, Hardy was about to go, go do a, a signing at David Buster's after this, <laughs> <laughs> and Devon didn't let him in. <laughs> what what if I mean, Jeff Hardy starts booking himself in music venues and just saying it's Hardy and like there's people that come out that think they're the Hardy. That, like, they, I think I, I, think I texted Hardy. this. I think I texted this to Mike where I was like, "This guy's doing country rock and rap, and he's doing all of them horribly." <laughs> he's finding a way to not do any of them well um i also i i meant to make this point at the lights out match but bray wyatt is the m night Shyamalan movie trailer of wrestling in that you see him and you're like wow this is gonna be pretty good i've never seen this type of thing before and then you're like oh oh water kills him you know like at the end of it you're like oh that's the <laughs> yeah and the now movie. it's just old <laughs> it's just old you know, um, I will see that no, where Batista like, goes to a cabin and um, I guess tries to get a gay couple to sacrifice their child. <laughs> I think that that's that was uh, what Trump was trying to get the log cabin Republicans to do the whole time. 
That sounds like a movie written by an algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. It really, it really is. Fat. It's, it's crazy. And I mean, I'm not sure the cast is all over the place too. But yeah. my high spot was, but I'm gonna say both for Michael Cole because when Pat McAfee, this is everything about Michael Cole was in this rumble. Where like Pat McAfee came, he went ape shit. It was so much fun to see him excited. My friends so here. My old... friends are here. But this is the problem, Michael Cole. You can't give Michael Cole too much of that cookie because then he starts yeah. getting weird. He started getting weird and shitting on. He was doing jokes. He was, he, doing, he was doing some jokes in there. I forget. He was trying to throw these jokes that Bob, he was like trying to, he was shitting on all these wrestlers that there was no reason to shit on him. Like he was like, it, it's like, you know, what, what is the top dollar thing with him? You're, when you say like your friend on top dollar. Yo, yeah. He went, went after top dollar in a huge way. And then like, <laughs> and then he went after what's her name? B-Fab. Like he was just like in burial <laughs> mode. Like he's one of those guys where like, you know, don't give him too much confidence. Maybe, maybe Vince was right. Like you only want to give Michael Cole the bare minimum of enough confidence because by the end of it, I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? And I mean, it's, it's another high spot, low spot story from Michael Cole's story this week is there was just this one article about Michael Cole this week was, yeah, my wife made fun of my wrestling match at WrestleMania 27, but she didn't make fun once she saw the paycheck. Then she was like, you should do that more. And I was like, that is everything about Michael Cole. Just people forcing him to just do this awful shit for money and him never having any fun. So and, and it becomes almost my low spot becomes a high spot, which is just like. It's just, I don't want to see him happy. I want to see him miserable. Well, Michael Cole, you know, at the end of Platoon, when the guy shoots himself in the foot, like that's Michael, that's Michael Cole's whole place in wrestling is maybe if I shoot myself in the foot, I'll get out of the shit. And then somehow I'm in more shit. So the highlight of the pitch black match was Pat McAfee saying, because they had the black lights, the neon lights that he was like, yeah. he immediately, no one gave him this line. I could tell. He immediately goes, ah, oh, I'm glad I had clean pants on today. <laughs> like, 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 like I, I thought that was like the best. It was like the highlight of the entire match. Well, that's the problem is that Cole then looks at Pat and Cole sees Pat like getting away with all this stuff and being really entertaining. And he's like, then I can do it. And you know what? It's like, it's like when you're first allowed to curse and there's always that first kid who says, Cunt. yeah, you know what I mean? We're like, no, we yeah. were saying fuck. You just said cunt. Like you made it a whole different weird vibe because <laughs> yeah, Michael Michael Cole is Gwyneth Paltrow at the rap concert. <laughs> <laughs> is this how I move my hands? Yeah. Is this how Maybe I don't I say all the, the words to the song? <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you say blanks in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so my my high spot. Uh, and I love Kevin. You you've been a great. The positivity is like awesome, and, uh, it's and you easier don't because it's so easy to be shitty about stuff. I just want to put yeah, more man. energy into the things I like. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you it know? Although he kind of really fucked up his cause when he brought up Hardy, you know. all the other friends go out the window. But keep um, going. we took a we we took away Nick's reputability. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, my high spot is dude. They're bringing back Dark Side of the Ring. Fucking love that show. They're gonna do uh, Abdullah the Butcher, which means we might get Hannibal on on TV. Hannibal could be his own episode, dude. Hannibal could he be wants his it to own be and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. He should have to make yeah. it. Himself. No, yeah, you know what? He's a guy who would enjoy that notoriety a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also that it, it, you know you only your show's only forty minutes, and it takes him that long to say hi. So, Mike, when uh, was that announced? Was that announced today? I know I'm in the. It was announced yesterday. Announced. There's there's gonna be okay. a sunny episode. Um, 
there's a few others, but I love I love this shit. It it makes our show better. Episode. Dark Side of the Ring is one of the best things to happen to our show because people get our jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have friends. Yeah, on, I have Tales from the territory is really fucked with our numbers, guys. I liked yeah, I like Tales from the Territories because uh, no, I, I know people said I mean, they just kind of looked at like it was like a rosy cheek look at some of the wild shit back then. Um, but I talking to Dutch, I work with Dutch Mantel at Sports Kita. He said he loved it. Like he had a really, he thought it was a genuine approach to yeah. these things. And they kind of let the, like when the guy sat down, like they said, like, I, I want to talk about this. Or if you don't want to talk about that, like they're going to push you. And people were honest about stuff. And he's like, I yeah, felt he like loved it because it, you know? now the, uh, uh, you know, instead of it only mattering to him, he has the illusion that it matters to other people too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my low spot. Surprise, but I'm gonna fucking say it. I'm sad that Lanny Poffa was dead. Oh, Lanny's oh, a sweetheart. I, I have made fun of him in the past on this show. Um <laughs> I heard I they need the impression of him. Uh <laughs> would you but... would you say Dan? Dan get that lighted again. <laughs> I said I heard they needed another coffin for his dick. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna say, like the second I said, um, I've said things about him on the show. On the my... top of the coffin when it closes, he has a TV screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I meant to do that. Um, <laughs> he's going to just be the weirdest ghost. Um, but no, what's, what, what it is, it, anytime someone from that era goes, man, it makes watching these shows so much fucking harder and sadder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a fucking part of wrestling history. And uh, and he's the Poffo that spawned. He's the one who continued the Poffo line. Randy never had kids. He did. And uh, so I'm sad for his family. R.I.P. Lanny Poffo. Like when you find out Alvin Einstein's the one who had the kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, all right. I got to yeah, interview but, you know, Lanny I got to interview Lanny, and he was always really, really professional and very, very sweet and nice about things. He's one of the few people when I finished interviewing him, he said, "Was that good? Did you get what you think you needed out of the interview?" And and he genuinely meant it. Sometimes people will say that, and they're just being polite, you know. And I'm okay with that. Uh, but he was one of the guys where I interviewed him, and he was doing conventions. He was doing convention circuit, and he was generally wanted to have good stories to share and stuff like that. And it was he was very, very sweet and endearing uh, for a guy who knows how to play a villain very well. So I always appreciate that. It's that weird it's thing we always hear about I mean, how the, he the heels like... are always the sweetest guys to meet in person sometimes, right? You, you love that, Kevin? He was there to do the job. How, <laughs> how did he, my question is, how, how did he die? I, I don't see any. Um, was it hard? There hasn't been any real information about that. I can I can say that. Because he was from one the of the healthier to. looking dudes. Like when I saw, like when he was getting interviewed, I was like, oh, he's not even in my top like there were active wrestlers that i thought were going to die before him you know and he yeah he was a very healthy guy i know he lived in ecuador Meltzer reported that today that he was living in ecuador for the last few years dude you know how healthy it is to get paid to be a wrestler and not have to be on tv (laughs) he had that deal with wcw for like five years he was signed to wcw for five years and And that was because i i i did research on the savage doc so i i know a, a little bit about landy but like that was all Randy. And Randy also, when he went to WWF, he's like, you got to take my brother and Liz. And he did that for Lanny everywhere he went. So those yeah, dudes were fucking awesome. tight. Well, hopefully yeah. have to. Yeah. I also loved uh, that Lanny got to induct his brother when he when he accepted the honor for him and he gave a good speech and wrote a good poem. And he kept he kept like the gimmick within there in a right way. And the guy who wrote, he wrote all of that stuff himself. You know, that wasn't a 
He I mean, we can tell, Kevin. Extension of character. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But as it a little was, kid, I was like, as a little kid, I get a little smarky in the 90s. Those poems could have been written by William Shakey's Pizza Spear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can paint a Ford Escort Ferrari colors. It's still it's still a Ford Escort. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he was, I'm glad he's, you know, he seems like a nice guy and yeah. uh, his family's doing all right. All that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, you know, there you go. There you go. And the words of the great time, honesty. There you go. I want to, I want, I want to see, I want to see next week on Raw, Barry Horowitz and Vince Lombardi, uh, Steve Lombardi, <laughs> uh, having like a Lanny Poffo tribute match. And then all the jobbers come out at the end. Just all the job dudes. Just all that. the job guys are there. We watched um we watched Kenny's favorite match. His favorite match was Poffo versus Hogan on a uh, main event. Yeah, on a main event, yeah, I mean, and it's yeah, fun, but... man. It's a fun match. You know, it's you know he, he won that one. He won that yeah. count out. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the what few a... people that got a win on Hogan. Not <laughs> even Gawker could do that. <laughs> brother, um, brother, come back, brother, fire up. Yeah. <laughs> All that good stuff. All right, folks. Um, that's us. Uh, Mike, do you have some stuff to plug this week? Uh, no. Um, uh, support reboot season two. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was shocked that they uh, great show, yeah. man. Awesome. Yeah, show. I, I, I was I was working on the second season, but um, you know. So, speaking of jobs, I need one. My my girlfriend and I for television. It in two days. It's so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. You have two. You have two adults with ADD that watched one TV show in two days. You got us. You you really hooked us in. We really enjoyed it. It was a very very fun show. Nice. I don't know what that's worth, but I I feel my Catholic shame if I didn't say it. You know. So Thanks, buddy. Well, yeah, it was it was a, I I saw the whole thing because partially because I I I interviewed the production company, but also because it was very good. It was a very good <laughs> show. And yeah. uh, you know it's uh, it, it sucks whenever comedy gets canceled, let alone a good comedy. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I get annoyed when a fucking shitty comedy gets canceled. So it's like when a, when a good one gets canceled, that's that's always rough um, because they're not. When we, we give you a little bit of show business insider information, folks, they're not replacing that with another reboot. They're replacing it with another slap slap fighting match, slap fighting. Mm-hmm. Program. That's what they're Dude, doing. Dude, I let me let me just tell you, watching slap fighting this week after working on a show that that ended, I felt like I got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to end it. And um, for me, as far as to promote, um, I am doing. I was. I'm. I'm I have COVID this week, but I will be back doing stand up in New York. Uh, I'm going to be doing Brooklyn Comedy Club. Uh, I'm going to be doing my special there on March 2nd. Anthony DeVito. Oh, my God. There's Logan. He's so cute. Oh. There's Mike's beautiful little boy. Oh, look and at him. Logan also can have a guest spot on the show if he wants, although I don't know if Mike wants to let him get into that world yet. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'll be doing... It's the only bar he can reach at his height. <laughs> <laughs> He's still gonna have to drive Dan to and from the show, though, right? <laughs> his yeah, his so first good. words are Hardy's good. <laughs> You're not my son. <laughs> You're not my son. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna be doing I, I really need people to come out to that. So if you ever wanted to see me do stand up, 
Um, I promise I'll be the best version of myself during that show that I am, um, which is <laughs> maybe not backstage. <laughs> um i have not no i have not had a drink in this new year that is another All right thing. that is yeah, yeah you know no we can tell you're not enjoying yourself on these shows <laughs> yeah for some reason dan's laughing a lot less um, <laughs> and mike is still mean with a baby <laughs> you're i think you're less mean with a baby i don't know i haven't seen it we'll see um, but, uh, you know, we're, we are grooming Logan to take Mike's spot in the show. So that's the long term. Um, does he have a favorite wrestler yet? Mike, does he have a favorite that he reacts to? When he, when um, he thinks that he's a better baby face than Cody. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so do that. Subscribe to our podcast. Um, check out Scott's podcast out for smokes with Mike Racine. Two of the funniest guys in New York. Mm-hmm. Check out Robert's uh, WWE Creative-ish Twitter feed. And until then, everybody, wash your hands. Wait. My baby can beat up Adam Cole. <laughs>